divine inspiration flow like a river to us, God. Teach us, O Lord. Instruct us, O God. Grant us your grace, your glory, your love, your peace, your compassion. O God, we want to feel after you. Need your fresh touch and your holy anointing, dear God. Your holy touch and your mighty presence. Everybody said praise the Lord. I'd like you to get your Bible ready. Right here in the house of God, we want to feel after his mighty, mighty, mighty presence. Thank you, dear Jesus. God is a great God, a great God, a great God. We're going to turn to the book of Ephesians. Okay. Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1 reads on this wise, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. Everybody said praise the Lord. One hope, and I'm glad to have it. Glad to have it. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right. You can be seated. The Lord bless you. We're glad that you are with us this morning. And uh, I don't know if the wind blew you in or what, but I'm, however you got here, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> we seem to have got a few gusts going on out there. But uh, we're in here, and that's why we have a church house. But I'm glad to be in the church, okay? And the church is the body of Christ. And that's the one body that it doesn't matter who anybody is or where they've come from, what their background is, what continent, what nation, what language, what shade of skin, what, what anything. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that we come into that one body of Christ, the only one he had, the only one he gave on the cross to birth it was that fleshly body 
And uh, in that fleshly body dwelled the fullness of the Spirit of the Lord, for God is a spirit. And that spirit that's invisible and we cannot see uh, dwelled in the, in the man Christ Jesus, in that flesh. So you always want to remember, and that therein lies the revelation, that you have spirit in flesh, okay? The difference being with him, the flesh that is with him, known as the Son, in that flesh, known as the Son, dwelled the fullness of the very God bodily, okay? And therein lies your revelation. Okay, that, that's what made him different from the prophets and uh, from anybody was the fact that he was God come in the flesh. All right, and that's very, very important to know. Without that revelation, most of the time people will balk at getting baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. They'll hesitate and they'll balk and they'll stop and they'll look another way or listen to another voice and wind up confused and mixed up. But you know, Jesus is the light, and the light has come to shine on your heart and your mind, not, not your fleshly pump here, but here. It's very important to start developing a spiritual mind and spiritual thinking and to see things from God's point of view, not from the world's point of view. Uh, the Bible teaches us not to love this world nor the things that are in the world or of the world, either way. We don't want any part of that, okay? We're going to pass through this life, and only the necessary things are we going to have to do with. And, and other than that, we're going to keep it light. We're going to keep it superficial. We, our vocation, we read that word just now, our vocation, our career calling is the body of Christ, to be in the church, to be a part of what God is doing in the earth, okay? You want to be a part of that. You don't want to miss that. Because to miss that is to miss the most important thing that he's got for his church, and that is the first resurrection, okay? And that, that's when we get caught away unto him for all of eternity. So we want to realize that we need to walk worthy of the vocation. We need to walk worthy of our career calling. Everybody said amen. And that's why we've, we've got to develop the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, and we've got to be in the light. We don't want to be in the darkness. We want no fellowship with darkness. And uh, people are in darkness because the Bible said they love that darkness because their deeds are evil. People are doing the wrong things. Uh, let me read to you again from the uh, book of Ephesians, okay? And as you, you begin to grasp some of the things that are uh, taught to us in chapter 5. He said, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. You are dear to Him if you're baptized in Jesus' name and you have the gift of the Holy Ghost. He loves you. He cares about you. Okay, He's concerned about you. He's watching out for you every day. And He's, he's placed you in this one body, which is the church the body of Christ, and he is, Jesus is the head, okay? He's the invisible head of the church. Your senior pastor and pastor are the, are the visible head of the church, all right? So you want to make sure here that we're 
learning how we can do things in a proper manner, how we can uh, please God, all right, and how we can be developing our career calling. I'm glad for uh, whatever job God has blessed you with. Okay, I'm happy for that, happy for you, and praying that God will bless you and uh, improve your work uh, situation more and more for you. But, you know, your idea of improvement and God's idea may be very different, okay? Because we do have a lot of things in this world to contend with. Not being of the world and not wanting to be of the world and going about the business that we go about, and that is the business of God. Uh, we do have, you know, some things we've got to do. Otherwise, we must needs go out of this world, okay? We're not... We're not trying to say that you uh, don't brush shoulders with people and you don't. And as a matter of fact, we want to. But we want to do it with purpose, spiritual purpose. We've got a calling. We've got a vocation. This is who I am. I, I remember when uh, I first came into church and I was brand new. Everything was new to me uh, about the, the Bible. And the, I had never read it one time. And, and the, everything that I was looking and reading, looking into and reading and uh, asking questions and being pointed to chapter, verse, and read it for yourself. And uh, the Lord blessed me with a, a good job at that time. It was temporary, but for that temporary time, it was a good job. And up to then, I'd been working multiple jobs to try to make ends meet. And uh, they didn't pay much per hour then. And uh, But the Lord gave me a job at a, at a bank, a high-rise down in Miami, and uh, right downtown Miami. And um, he also blessed me with a good brother in the church that worked not in the same place but in the same area. So he would, he would, we would ride together to church to work every day, Monday through Friday. And um, I was working in this bank, and I'd been there, I think, a few months. And um, one day, the not my boss, but my boss's boss, the big shot, called me in, and uh, he he got to talking to me, you know, making pleasantries and all that. And then he finally got to the point. And the point was that he, he said there's something that took place six months ago here at the bank in what they call the money room. And uh, he said, I know you were working in there along with some others. He said, and I need you to reconstruct for me what took place six months ago. And I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> I said, you know, basically I said, sir, meaning no disrespect, but truthfully, when I punch out of here at the end of the day, I'm out of here, and I don't carry it with me. I said, I go to church, and I'm called to preach, and that's my life. That's my life. This is just a job. I just come here. I do my job, but when I leave, I leave it, okay? It's, it's not going to follow me. So I, I can tell, I'll tell you to the best of my recollection anything I remember about what you want to know, which I don't think is going to be very much. Because <laughs> I, I just, that doesn't dwell with me. Like I said, my vocation is the calling of God, the work of God. And that's what God wants to do in your life. That's where Jesus comes along and he sees uh, Peter and James and John and Matthew and others, and he, he would tell them, come and follow me. Come and follow me. 
they dropped everything, and they began to follow him. Now, was there any daily responsibilities? Yes. Uh, we know that Peter was married. The Scripture teaches it. I believe he had a son by the name of Marcus, according to the Bible. And so there are things that, you know, you go on the, the daily one-two and the drudgery of it all, the mundaneness of it all. The, uh, sure, you know, you got those things to do. But you always want to keep it uppermost and foremost in your thinking that my career, my calling, my, my main everything is the church, is the calling of God, is the body of Christ, is the work of God. This is, this is who I am. This is what I do. Everybody said amen. amen. So when Jesus, shall we say, tapped us on the shoulder and said, come follow me, and we got witness to him, that's how he did it. And uh, we repented of our sins. And then we got baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of all of our sins. The blood is in the name. That's why it's so important. To, one of the reasons why it's so important to be baptized in his name. The blood is in his name. His name is above every name. And neither is there salvation in any other. For well, there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must. Be saved. That's a good phrase right there. We must be saved. Well, you can add to that, we must stay saved. We've got a battle on our hands every day. Everybody said amen. Don't you deny it because that old flesh wants to get up and do its thing. Wants to come right out of the grave when it was buried in water in Jesus' name. Baptism after you repented, we buried that old person. But don't you know he wants to get up out of there? Yes, he does, and he wants to resume his filth and his trash and his garbage. Listen to what Ephesians chapter 5. Be ye therefore followers of God. You've got to follow here. You've got to learn to follow. As dear children, don't follow the wrong things. Follow the things of God. Walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Verse 3, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Now, we spoke last week, a week ago, about that word becometh. Okay, we, we covered that and other synonymous terms, things that are suitable, things that are fitting, okay, that uh, we want to we do what a saint should do. A saint is a son or daughter of God, again, who has repented, who has been baptized in Jesus' name, and who has been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And you're called to be separate, okay? You're called out of darkness. You come out from among them and be ye separate. Hello. I just wanted to make my point. No, I don't, I don't know what that was. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to figure out what the sound man doing back there. If not anything else, maybe that woke him up. I don't know. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Maybe it woke us all up. Is anybody sleeping out there? Come on now. Don't be doing stuff like that. All right. I'm trying to tell you there is a life and a walk attached to this experience. You know, you don't get this experience, this born again, John 3, 5 experience. Jesus said, you must be born again off water, baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. 
and of the Spirit filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, the free gift of the Holy Ghost. That places you in the church, the body of Christ, of which he is the invisible head. Okay? And, but you've got to understand that we've got Romans through Revelation here. You really find salvation in the book of Acts. Okay? And from there on, Romans through Revelation is going to, now that you're saved, is going to teach you how to stay saved. It's going to teach you how to walk worthy of the vocation or the career calling that God has given you. At the we are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. The one that the Bible said the builders said it not. They kicked it under the, under the bus and to the curb. But God made him the head. All right? He took care of that, and he does take care of that. And if you're going to come out ahead, you're going to come out on top, you're going to walk worthy then. You're going to stay saved. Him that stole, steal no more. Him that lie, was a liar, he lies no more. You know? I had a man tell me, a businessman tell me the other day, he liked doing business with me. He said, because you're so nice and so pleasant and you don't have a bad temper. And I said, no, not anymore. Not anymore. I didn't want him to think for one minute that, you know, I was always what I am or what I'm trying to be. Not at all. I was lost. I was undone. I was confused. I was miserable. I was lonely. I was going in all kinds of crazy directions. Okay? And uh, I had a very bad lifestyle, a sinful lifestyle. But on that glorious day, at that precise moment that God chose to deal with my heart and to begin to pull me out of the fire, how great it was and how great it is, how great it has been, all of these coming up to 47 full years of being in the body of Christ, the church, and 48 years in August of marriage. And, brother, there wouldn't have been any of that if it hadn't been for the Holy Ghost, I can tell you that right now. Oh, no, that would have never lasted, never would have worked, not, not, and it would have been because of me, for sure. But, you see, God knows how to pull us out of the fire. God knows how to change our lives. God knows how to give us a proper lifestyle, or like we said last week, conversation a lifestyle or a style of living. We're not living like the devil anymore. That's pretty simple, isn't it, to comprehend. We're not living like the devil anymore. We're not living like he, he had us living and how we at that time wanted to live. Not anymore. We've had this tremendous change for the good. All right? We have found the truth of God. And everybody said amen. He has pulled us out of the fire. He has saved us from sinfulness and darkness and hatred, all kinds of evil things. And again, let us listen now, um, as he said here, that how we should walk in love and how that um, we should uh, pattern ourselves as he did as an offering and a sacrifice to the Spirit. And then verse 3, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let, let it not be once named among you as become a saint's. Verse 4, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient or not proper. We talked last week about proper, that Moses was a proper child. But rather giving of thanks. He's, now watch this, verse 5. For this you know. Now you know what? You get this experience, and you're placed in the body of Christ. You're in the church, okay? 
you're going to be reading the book. You're going to be praising and worshiping. You're going to be praying. We do have pre-service prayers, and we do have prayers on Monday night, prayer meeting. And uh, you're going to, I hope, do some praying at home and uh, some meditation before the Lord. And, and uh, you're going to realize, you're going to know some things. Paul said that he knew in whom he believed. I know in whom I believe. Okay? Okay. I know where I put my faith. I know where I've invested everything. And uh, listen to what he said. For this you know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Verse 6, let no man deceive you with vain words. That's useless words, words that are of no value. For because of these things, all the things we listed, we're listed in verse 4 and 5, cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. We said last week, let's diss the diss. Let's, let's be obedient. Let's get rid of disobedience, okay? Let's kick that to the curb. Let's bury that. All right? In Jesus' name. And let's become obedient to God, obedient to the truth of God. Everybody said amen. We don't want to live like we used to live. He said, be not ye therefore partakers with them. All right? He said, because you were sometimes darkness. Yeah, you, you were sometimes darkness. He didn't even say in darkness. He said, you were darkness. But now, whoo, now. Are ye light in the Lord? Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. And it went on to use the word proving. You know, this proves out. This proves out. This proves out. Just like in math, when you, uh, you know, do your addition or your subtraction, multiplication, long division, whatever, uh, there's ways, the answer you get, there's a way to prove that that answer is correct. And everybody said amen. amen. Very simple. If 5 minus 2 equals 3, then 3 plus 2 should equal 5. And that's how you prove it, a very simple illustration. Okay? It doesn't matter how complicated things can get in higher math. It still comes down to the same principles. And we read in the Bible about the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Okay? And as we move on from those principles to the deeper things of God, it's been said as we move on from the ABCs to the XYZs, you don't do that by forsaking the ABCs. You carry them right along with you. You keep the principles of the doctrine of Christ. And everybody said amen. So first of all, we've got to learn those principles. We've got to learn them by our obedience unto them. All right? And people that do these things that we read to you, the Bible said they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Not going to be any part of that. But I want to, I'm talking to you about people developing into being the kind of person that you're going to uh, inherit the things of God, that you're going to get first and foremost that promise of life eternal. We want to be with him for all of eternity. We don't want to be with the devil for all of eternity. We don't want to wind up in that horrible place called hell, and then the whole ball of wax is going to be taken and dumped into the lake of fire, the second death. Oh, no. I want to, get, I want to respond to that tap on my mind, or if you please, my shoulder, and I want to listen to his voice that says, follow me, follow me. And then I want to listen to the teachings that he gave to his church, to his body, and said, 
Walk worthy. Follow me with a worthy walk, okay? There is a worthiness here, and God help all of us. Every day we've got to repent. Every day we've got to put it under the blood. Every day we've got to seek divine help and ask God to take us forward in his name and in the work of God. Now, there is, we're glad, of course, to always read about success stories. Uh, man, Nathaniel, wasn't he? And he was uh, sitting out there, I guess, felt like he was minding his own business. And uh, all of a sudden, he's brought to Jesus. People he knew, people he was connected with, people he was interacting with in some way, shape, or form. And uh, they, they tell him, come on, we found, we found it. We found the real thing. One that we found what everybody's been looking for for thousands of years. It's been foretold. It's been prophesied. And he's here now. Come on, we want to, we want to show you to him. We, there's an experience here for all of us. There's a good. There's a career here. Your career calling. And so he comes and on en route to coming to Jesus. Jesus acknowledges him, makes a statement about him, and very simple statement. Because he, he said, How do you know me? And Jesus said, I knew you before you were sitting under that fig tree back, which was well out of his visual sight. The man was so moved and so taken. It isn't it nice when it doesn't take a whole lot of extra. You know, did you ever do something and it was, it was easy to fix? It turned out to be an easy thing, a simple thing, a non-difficult thing, you know? That's nice when we show ourselves to God that we're not going to fight, we're not going to take issue with, we're not going to find ourselves uh, being uh, contrary, but we're going to flow with the Word of God. We're going to be easily convinced of chapter and verse and subject matter. And uh, that's how this individual was. And that's, there's good success stories like that in the Bible. A woman goes down. Uh, they were all going. She was among the group that was headed down to have prayer. And uh, Paul started to preach a little bit. And as he did, the Bible teaches that the Lord, the Spirit, opened her heart her understanding to attend, to listen to the things which the preacher was preaching. And how we read about the success that she's used of God. Okay, so I'm saying it's wonderful to become a part of the work of God. It's wonderful to flow with God and not, not fight Him, not resist Him. If you want to use some resistance, use that up on the devil. It tells you to resist the devil because he'll flee from you if you do that. You just refuse to go that way, to get involved with that situation. Everybody said amen. Give God a big Excuse me, Jesus name. All right. So here's an individual that kind of contrasts things for us. All right. This individual, uh, Jesus talks to him, and he, because he approached Jesus. He opened the ball. He opened the conversation. He said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, well, he said, what do the commandments say? And they went back and forth on that. And the young man said, I've kept those commandments from a youth. 
All my life. And so uh, I was brought up with it, he was saying, basically. And being a Jewish young man, definitely probably so. Salvation is of the Jew. And uh, they were given so much, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right on down, as you read the Old Testament. And it brings us, of course, to the New Testament, when God made a new covenant. And this young man said, I've, I've, I've kept it, I've followed it. I, I, I believe it. And Jesus said, okay. And the Bible said that, as it did say, as dear children, he felt an affection for this young man. A godly, holy affection for him. And uh, his love went out to this young man. And he told him, he said, only one thing thou lackest. You're not far, he said, from the kingdom of God. One thing you lack. Well, to me, that is so optimistic. Wouldn't it be great to just have one thing wrong? You only got, there's only one thing you have to correct? Wouldn't you like to get a test back and say you only missed one? I wasn't used to that in school. I was, <laughs> whew. I was more like hearing you only got one right. <laughs> it's more like it. Oh, brother, let me tell you what. But uh, one thing thou lackest. You'd have thought that young man's mind would have lit up and he would have been jumping up and down. Okay, just one thing. Come on, Jesus, just tell me what that one thing is. Well, he's going to do that. He's going to put his finger right on what you need to repent of and get rid of in your life. And that's what he did with this young man. He said, go and sell what you've got. Give it to the poor. Follow me. Sell out. Sell out. You know what I really believe? I really believe that he would have, he, either God would have blessed him for his obedience down the road, or he wouldn't have, it would have been like Abraham, having been proved out. It's about to bring the knife down in that sacrifice and that offering. And God dispatched an angel and gripped him and said, It's okay. You passed the test. Now I know. Now I know. Oh, brother. But no, the young man started thinking about, oh, man, I got to give up my ball games. I got to give up rolling the dice. You know, I got to give up this and I got to give up that. I got to sell all out my interest in those things. I got a lot of things going on. Got to sell out. I have great possessions. I don't want to. I don't want to lose those things. And so the Bible said he went away, he went away sorrowful. You know, he went away sorrowful. Well, I guess he did. You walk out on eternal life, you're going to be pretty sorry. Shaking your head, you know, isn't that what they say? Is it SMH? Shaking my head. Well, <laughs> you want to shake your head, you're going to be shaking your head over what you walked away from, what you lost. What you, what you didn't properly value or praise. Now, what they did with Jesus? The Bible said they, they appraised him, they valued him for less than $20, what they figured he was worth. Huh? Boy, did they miss that, huh? Big time. No wonder the Bible said if the princes of this world had known, they never would have done what they did. Well, that's, isn't that the way it is with everybody? Isn't, isn't that what's going to happen? People are going to come to a place in life 
and they're going to, something's going to happen. Going to have a bad end somewhere along the line. And they're going to have that realization, if only I had obeyed, if only I had flown with the things. Just get in the flow, the Holy Ghost flow, the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Get with that. If only I wouldn't have resisted that. If only I wouldn't have chased after all the things I chased after and gone in all the directions and yielded to the pressures. If only I hadn't done that. It's easy to look back and feel that way. It's intelligence, though, is the ability to foresee, not looking back hindsight, but to foresee the consequences of your actions and your decisions. And that's what God's trying to help us to do. He's, we have a chance to have his wisdom, his intelligence. We have an opportunity for him to tell us and show us and lead us and guide us in the right path so that we, we don't have to have the, the looking back experience. Some people have that on their deathbed. Some people have it in that place called hell. That's what your Bible teaches. That rich man, boy, he was, he was booking around, and he had the finest suits, and, and uh, you know, he ate in the best restaurants, and he everything. He had top-notch everything, you know. When he had to take his car in and have it fixed, and they called the loaner around, they brought the Rolls-Royce around for him. <laughs> Amen. Uh, you know, this guy had the best of everything. But then he died. And along the way, just before he died, he kept dissing the church. He kept, you know, looking down his nose at the church, the body of Christ, people of God. They ain't nothing, they ain't got. They're looking at them poor saps, you know, and all of that. Yeah. Reminds me of my pastor telling me that, uh, you know, he was five years old when he was baptized. His mother loaded him and his siblings up on the buckboard and grabbed a shotgun, and they headed on down to the river where the preacher was baptizing. That was back in the day, huh? <laughs> and uh, so he said that he got baptized when he was five, but he didn't get, to, he didn't get in the church until he was 16. And uh, so he got rebaptized when he got the Holy Ghost at 16. Because he said between 5 and 16, there was a whole lot of sin that went on. He did a lot of bad things. And there was a family, and he had made a statement about that family. And he said, if I had to live like they live, he said, man, I'd go be a hobo, be a bum. <laughs> That's what he said. Just ride the trains all over. And, uh, but when he got the Holy Ghost, somebody went by that family and they said, hey, did you hear? Henry Dunn got the Holy Ghost. And the father of that family stood up and said, well, praise God. He said, I've been praying for that devil a long time. <laughs> so the very people that he ignorantly was putting them down, and just like the guy in the Bible, looking down his nose and thinking, boy, they, that's a terrible way to have to live. Those are very people that were a part of what helped him to get saved. The power of prayer. They prayed for him. They were praying for him. Way up in the night, calling his name. Oh, yeah. So, you know, they are, the church is interceding. The church is praying. 
The church is reaching out, giving invitations. I think we have outreach just about 52 times a year here, almost every Saturday, okay? Besides the personal outreach that goes on and our connection with people and talking to people and witnessing to people. Uh, I was in some business places here the last, this last week, and uh, I'm talking about over on the coast, and, and you know what? I met all kinds of people connected to Bell Life. Yeah, I sure did. And they have family. They have friends. I met some, a cousin of one guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you just keep on, and you're walking worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. Your life has been changed, okay? We're, we're not in the casinos. We're not in the gambling halls anymore, all right? We're, we're not in the bars anymore, all right? We're not in the stadiums anymore, okay? We're not, and, and anything like that you want to name, we're not there anymore. We're out and about our father's business. It's been a good change. And when he tapped us on the shoulder, when he dealt with our hearts, and we came out of darkness. So we're no longer a part of darkness. Okay? No longer a part. Because the light has come. And it's shown in our hearts. And we, we were able to get the revelation, the light of the truth. We're so blessed. I'm telling you, there are, there are billions of people who do not know this truth. How blessed we are. How fortunate we are to know the very basics that are essential. They are, you must, okay, they're essential. Has to be, you know. Think of some of the things that people get delivered from. They get their identity. They learn, I'm a man. They learn, I'm a woman, you know. And they, they learn what God's word teaches that God created Adam and Eve, right? And there, don't underestimate the spirit of confusion that is working in our world. And when I say world, because it's not just America. They have just started teaching in the, in the country of India. Now, that's about a billion people right there. And they are teaching in their schools now same sex. Okay? They used to their country used to teach against that. It was actually you would be it would be you would be arrested for that kind of behavior and lifestyle and probably put to death. Okay, in those that country and countries like that. But now they've put it in their educational system and they're teaching. They're actually promoting just like they do here. Yeah. They do it in cartoons because they do it on children's level. And they, they do it in all kinds of adult types of programming that goes on and uh, up unto the, uh, also in the movies, of course, the videos or the CDs or whatever is being used, okay, whatever the mass media that's going on. They're programming. They're programming. They want people to walk in darkness. The prince of darkness wants people to walk in darkness. He wants to anything that goes against the teaching of God, anything that goes against the Word of God. That's what he's going to promote. Okay? That's what he is going to promote. Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. I'm glad that our men dress like men. 
And I'm glad that our ladies dress like ladies. And our little girls and our little boys are doing it right. And you have to understand that that, that is uh, definitely going against what the flow of this world is doing. Okay, but we're not with the flow of the world. We're with the flow of the Holy Ghost. We're going with God's church. We're on the straight and the narrow. Okay, and we're, that leads to life eternal. That's where we're going. And, and for us to identify with the right things and hold on to those things, all right, and grow in grace and knowledge and realize this is my calling. This is my, this is my vocation. Anything else that's developed in your life that's good, glad for it, okay? If you have a good job, if you have some good talents about you, very glad about that, okay? But remember, you want to keep the main thing the main thing, and that means you got to learn what the main thing is, all right? And when you learn it, you got to do like Simeon of old. You've got to get it and embrace it, hug it to you. Now, what he did when they brought that Christ child? Oh, yeah, they brought that Christ child, and that old booger... Simeon, he'd been hanging around for a long time. And when he grabbed that child up and held it, he said, Oh, Lord. He said, Now I can depart in peace, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Well, that's how you need to feel, that you've gotten the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. You've gotten the revelation of repentance and water baptism in Jesus' name and being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You've gotten the revelation of walking in the light, Romans to Revelation, to stay saved, okay? To stay saved. That you want to be the light. You want to be the great light. You want to let it so shine before everybody that they, they see that you're of a whole different style of living. That there are things you just don't do anymore. People who knew you. People who know how you used to be. That's right. Used to be. That's a part of me that's an X. That's a part that's no longer. That's a part that's gone. Okay? And now what you see and what we want them to see, what God wants them to see, it will glorify God. It will bring praise to God. Because God did that. God made that change. God made this successful in your life. God did that. Amen and amen and amen. You know, you, you listen to all these on the radio. They've got a pill for everything. You know? Now the false prophets, they'll tell you, send me a portion of your tithe. And I'll send you a blessed hopping frog. Wheresoever he doth hop, he doth bless. You know? That's what they do. And the, and the, the pill pushers, you know. Well, just send us, you know, we'll give you a free start or a free sample, and after that it's only $45 a month, and, and it'll take care of whatever ails you. you know? Isn't that the old had it called? Isn't that what they used to do many, many years ago, you know? One, one thing was cured everything. Now, the one thing that cures everything is our God, and we're not involved with, with shams and, and all that junk. This world promotes all kinds of scams. Look at the buses that go by now. Slip and fall. Huh? Slip and fall. I told the lawyer that. He goes, yeah, they put the things all over. Duh! Yes, they got them all over. And there are people doing it. <laughs> you know, and sometimes that hurts innocent people. Little business holders. People that are trying to get a grip, get up and get going. 
and to have somebody pull some kind of stunt like that. You know? I'm glad my God's bigger than all that. He knows how to open the windows of heaven. He knows how to bless his faithful. You know? I uh, was in a place the other day, and they'd set up a seminar. I didn't go to it. I just happened to be in the vicinity. And um, they were teaching on, um, you know, making money and investing money and all that. And I, I wanted to scream. I did invite one person that I saw there, and I felt to do it. So I gave them an, an invitation track, and they thanked me very much. And, um, but I, I, what I wanted to say was the best investment you can make is in God. In, and not, I don't mean that generically. I mean in the truth, in the message of God. And, and that you, begin, you get faithful to God. You give faithfully to God. You do what the Bible teaches. And if, if you do that, then God blesses you. God blesses you. God, I had some, we had a woman stand up in this church, and uh, they moved away. But, but at that time, and she said, we have, we have a, a large family. You know, I think, let me, I have to count real quick, but I believe one, two, three, four, at least five in their family. And he and her, and it might have been made of yours, mine, and ours. I don't know. Before they came into church, they had some, of course, bad situations. But when they came into church, uh, they were already married, and, and God took their lives and began to put things together for them and work things out for them and bless them. And he was the soul. She stood up and said, my husband is the only provider for the house as far as working. And she said, I stay at home, and I take care of the kids, keep everything going. And she said, she said, with all that we have to pay out off of my husband's salary, she said, we have more of everything now than we ever did. You getting the message? God knows how to bless. God knows how to bless. Yes, he does. It was, was one example was 4,000, and another example was 5,000. And, and that was besides the women and the children. So it's been pretty much estimated that the four was probably closer to 10, and the five was probably closer to 12,000. Um, but yet Jesus asked the disciples in both instances about something like food. Anybody got anything? And they came back with a little paltry, you know, well, we got a few loaves and a, a fish or two, and that was it. And, uh, but Jesus took that, didn't he? And he blessed it. He broke it. And he told them to dish it out. Now, you know, somewhere along the line that the things they learned – really came into good play right then because these were the same disciples that were at the first miracle that Jesus did in his earthly ministry, and that was the wedding feast at Cana. And, and when uh, Mary told them, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Meanwhile, she's elbowing him. They have nothing to drink. <laughs> and he's like, woman, love that part. <laughs> what have I to do with thee? <laughs> well, he knew what he had to do with her, you know. Somebody um, told me that their 45 or 50-year-old son showed up, and he'd done something wrong, and his mama spanked him. <laughs> and uh, they might have used a tougher term, you know, like beat him up or something like that, whatever. Gave him a good whooping. And uh, so I'm saying um, I'm pretty sure he, he realized that's my mama sitting next to me and telling me, you know, about the problem and the situation, which is also a good shadow and type of the church, the body of Christ. But as, um, as they were taught by the church, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Get in the flow of obedience here. Work with the program, okay? 
you're not always going to understand everything because you're not the head, okay? You're not the head. All right, just like some, a lot of times people won't understand why you do what you do uh, in raising your children. Sometimes you have to make some tough decisions, okay? But the point is, is that uh, you're looking for a little cooperation, a little understanding, a little understanding, a little getting behind you, so to speak. And so um, when Jesus took care of that situation, that made good experience for the disciples when, when they saw that he, he took the, the, the pots of water that he told them to get, and he, he blessed that water, and, he, uh, and it turned into wine, and he sent them out. And the people came back, the governor of the feast came back and said, you, you've given us the best at the end, when usually it's the weakest at the end. You've given us good stuff. And so I am saying to you that that was good training for those who took it, for those who were obedient and submitted themselves into what would have seemed impossible, right? What odd and strange instructions. Go get some pots and fill them with water, you know, and then serve it out. <laughs> yeah, serve it out. Oh, brother. But they did obediently what they were told, you know. And uh, therein was the miracle. Well, I'm saying, when it came later on down the road, and they had thousands of people, man, God took care of it, didn't he? He just multiplied it, and everybody ate, everybody, and everybody did it in order, the book teaches, very plainly. In order they did it. Yes, they had been made to sit down in order. It's so nice when God puts order to our lives, and he feeds us by his miracle power, and, and we're, we're able to get our lives ordered, okay? And we're not living crazy and helter-skelter anymore, all right? We're not, we're not all mixed up anymore. We're not going in wrong directions anymore. He puts order to our lives. Some people can't do the same thing twice. You know that? Huh? They're just that confused. They just can't. But the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost can put order to your life. Matter of fact, not only can he, he does. He does do that. And I'm so glad for everything that he's done. I'm looking back 47 years, and I'm very, very, very thankful for what God did. And I knew nothing, I tell you. I was coming off the street and uh, got witness to you know, and the miracle that took place. And no matter what has come our way, by the grace of God, we've, he's made us to stand. And it, that's in your Bible. It tells you to stand fast. Yeah, stand fast. Don't just stand, but stand fast, firmly. Okay? What did Jesus say? You don't go out there looking for John the baptizer being a reed shaking in the wind. Boy, in this wind today, it's some things shaking out there. And, yeah, he said, but don't you look. And in the day and age in which we live, there's a lot of that. But he said, don't, don't you look for that if you're looking for John the Baptist. That's not the characteristic. That's not the stuff he's made of. All right? Everybody said, praise the Lord. You, you want something in your life that's going to stabilize you. And the Bible did talk about the great wisdom of God that he giveth liberally to all them that ask of him. And that that wisdom would be the stability of the church's times. 
of our times in which we live. And we can, when people are falling, how, uh, families are falling apart and, and, and people are falling apart and the world is falling apart. And uh, somebody was telling me the other day, we were witnessing to him, and a uh, Jewish man, and as we were witnessing to him, he started talking about, um, you know, a lot of Jewish people believe that that Messiah is going to be, the Messianic is going to be brought in by their intelligence <laughs> and, and also that they're going to um, be able to bring peace through their intelligence and their smartness. And he was talking to us about when everybody gets along. And I said, yeah. I said, let me tell you, when everybody starts saying peace and safety, you better run. You better duck and hide. You better get what I'm telling you about. That's what you better do. And he's like, huh, huh, you know. But that's what your Bible teaches. When they say peace and safety, look out. Sudden destruction is going to come, all right? And, and, and if, you know, if my wife tells you about having a baby, that's, that's what's going to make you, huh, quiet, honey. I don't want to hear that no more, you know. I'm not a woman. I don't want to hear about that. You handle that, and thank you for handling it. <laughs> but uh, what I am saying is that when they say peace and safety, then it's going to be sudden destruction like a woman in travail. All right? And it's going to hit this world. And the enemy will still be telling them, we're going to win. We're going to win. We're going to win. Do it my way. Do it my way. And every way that he's bringing this world is a way against God. And he's going to bring the whole shebang, four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog. And he's going to lead them to battle against Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen. Amen. That's what's going to happen. And, of course, the Bible teaches he's going to, he's going to get a whooping. <laughs> he's going to be broken suddenly and without hand and without remedy. And here we will be as onlookers in the body of Christ. How wonderful it's going to be to be with Jesus. Well, that starts now. You got to get with him now. You're not just going to all of a sudden materialize out of thin air and show up, you know, when he sets his feet on the on the Mount of Olives. It's not going to be that way. All right? You've got to start now. You've got to be a part of the body of Christ. You've got to You've got to decide, I'm done with this world. I'm done with the ways of this world. I'm done with all the things that they run to and get all excited about. All of my excitement, I'm giving to Jesus, okay? All of my happiness comes from him, all of my joy. I want to uh, live my life in a way that I'm walking worthy, walking worthy, okay? Everybody said praise the Lord. Our ladies are in, and here come our young men, and I'm very happy to have them. Everybody said Hallelujah. Let's give God a big hand. Amen. And you know, you can prove this life out, this Holy Ghost life, and it will prove out. You'll see how good it is, how good it is. I'm not talking about religion. You know, I, I can feel, you know, there'll be people that say, well, I, I did this and I was raised that and I was told. There's a lot of false religion out there, unfortunately. A lot of people that will not allow themselves the light that God has. They shut it out, and they'd rather have their religion. They'd rather play their games, okay? But you can have the truth. You can have the truth of God's Word. Everybody said, praise the Lord. You can, remember, you can walk worthy as dear children, children beloved, where you call him father and he calls you son or daughter. 
That's how great this is. That's how marvelous this is. And everybody said amen. All right. We love you and appreciate you. And I just want to tell you that God puts our lives in order. Okay? Everything that the enemy does and promotes through this world and the system of this world is out of order. He wants, he wants if God says stand up, the enemy says sit down. If God says stay, the enemy says run. You know, whatever will be opposite, he is anti-God, anti-Christ. He is against. And he, he brought the first division or split in heaven. War broke out, and he got thrown out, and uh, he's continuing to split everything he can and divide people away from God and to uh, lead them against God. And in so doing, he's trying to tell them, everybody, that, that his way is right. But he masquerades. He's not, you know, they want to show you the, the pitchfork and the horns. and all. He's not that stupid, okay? He actually uses that to his advantage and to make people think it's that comical and that silly and that childish when it is not. It is not. He is evil incarnate, and he is the father of lies. And he is the father of darkness, if you please, in, in at least his darkness. And uh, you, wanna, you want to let God put order in your lives. In, in, the, in the world system, it's have the baby, be the baby's mama. Well, there's no husband around. There's no, solid, there's no solidness in a home and putting your life, seeing your life put together. That's not how they promote it, okay? That's not how they live it. Okay, that's not how they feel it should be. And that's not how they portray it on all the programs that go out there and that people sit there like dummies. And they just soak it up and they become like that. They're getting their, their minds are getting darker and darker and darker. When you come to the church and you come to the truth and you, again, you repent of your sins, you get baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, and God fills you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You're saved. You're saved from the darkness. You're saved from the devil. You're saved from sin. You're saved from a, a, a confusing, conflicting lifestyle or style of living. And you're placed in the body of Christ, and you're given order. You're given strength, okay? And uh, God puts your life together. He'll put your marriage together. He'll put a family together. And he'll, he'll take care of everything. He'll put finances in order. He'll work everything out. If you can consistently walk worthy of this calling, you show God, I, I want to do this. I want to cooperate. I want to flow with the things of God. Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right, you can stand now. Thank God and thank God and thank God. There is one body, the book said. And remember, you're called in one hope of your calling. And how marvelous it is to have a hope. And not just a hope, but the hope. Before I knew the truth, I was in this world without hope. I didn't have hope of nothing. You know? But I am trying to tell you that against all of the things that will come against you and be against you in this world, God wants you to have hope, okay? He wants you to have it. He wants to give you that hope. 
all right? Let your hope be in God. Let your hope be in the truth. Look to that. It's not in what, you know, the systems, you know, and they're telling you, oh, do this, do that, do the other, and you can go to college, you know, we'll provide for everything. Yeah, of course the enemy, oh, God, help me not to preach, but, but they want you. Of course they do. Of course the enemy does. He wants to pave your way to hell. He wants to get you caught up in the system, okay? I told you, just like the guy that said to me, rebuild or reconstruct for us how it was on the job six months ago. Don't know. I leave here. I go to church. I live for God, you know. I'm involved in that. That's what I'm thinking about, you know. I'm in that system. I'm in God's system. That's what matters. That's what counts. And, of course, there's going to be people say, ah, you're crazy, man, all that stuff. No, crazy is, is getting drunk and doped up and getting in, in your life in such a mess that you're, what did the Bible say about the guy that lived in the, in the dead ends all the time, going from one dead end to another, beating his head against this and his head against that and his head, until he hurt himself, was hurting himself, cutting himself, hurting himself. And how blessed and fortunate that day was. No doubt there was a lot of, God saw a lot of potential in that heart. You know, God sees what you can rise to. He's not a pessimist. God's an optimist. He's an optimistic God. And uh, that fella came out of that kind of lifestyle. Nobody could do anything with him. Couldn't get along with nobody. Nothing was working out. Bitter, mad, angry, because nothing was working out. Until that day, and he got a chance for truth. He got a chance for what was right. And I guess he had a little easier, I guess, than the other guy that had so much. And, oh, I don't want to give all that up. And, well, this guy didn't have nothing to give up. <laughs> he didn't have a thing to give up. <laughs> he barely, barely, he didn't even, the clothes on his back weren't too good. He, he was pretty much just about naked. I guess he went to Taco Bell. He was in a mess. But boy, when he fell at Jesus' feet and just give it up. He gave it up. A willingness came out of that guy. Oh, yeah, Jesus delivered him from all the things that were in him and bothering him and tearing his life apart. Couldn't get along with anybody. Next thing you know, after the experience that Jesus gave, He's offering you an experience, repentance, water baptism in Jesus' name, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Places you in the body of Christ. Changes your nature, your spirit, your attitude. Oh, yeah. Gives you an attitude adjustment. Yeah. And the uh, Bible teaches he was clothed. Pretty strong indicator that he wasn't dressed properly before that. And... Uh, he was sitting. He was now controllable, which before nobody could do anything with him, the Scripture said. And um, more importantly, he was in his right mind. God set everything in order. God caused everything to click. And he saw it correctly. Yeah. And he, he had a good... He had a, a great desire welled up within him. He, he said, let me go with you. Let me, let me serve you. And Jesus said, in your case, 
I want you to go right back to where you're from. And I want you to show them the great things that God has done for you. Show them the truth of the Scriptures. The thing you better wake up to is not everybody's going to be happy about it. You know, you come in walking tall and dressed properly and, you know, you don't look like a clown. You don't look like a hoochie mama. You don't look like a thug. You don't act like a thug. You know, life has been changed. Life has been changed for the good. <laughs> We're not changing just to change. We're changing for the good. Thank you, Lord. Well, we're going to sing. We're going to take the offering because otherwise I might preach. Everybody said God bless the offering. In Jesus' name.